Chapter forty five of Little Women. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kathleen. Little Women by Louisa May Alcott. Chapter forty five. Daisy and Dimmy. I cannot feel that I have done my duty as humble historian of the March family without devoting at least one chapter to the two most precious and important members of it daisy and demi had now arrived at years of discretion for in this vast age babies of three or four assert their rights and get them too which is more than many of their elders do if there ever were a pair of twins in danger of being utterly spoiled by adoration it was these prattling brooks of course they were the most remarkable children ever born as will be shown when i mention that they walked at eight months talked fluently at twelve months and at two years they took their places at table and behaved with a propriety which charmed all beholders at three daisy demanded a needler and actually made a bag with four stitches in it she likewise set up housekeeping in the sideboard and managed a microscopic cooking-stove with a skill that brought tears of pride to hannah's eyes while demi learned his letters with his grandfather who invented a new mode of teaching the alphabet by forming letters with his arms and legs thus uniting gymnastics for head and heels the boy early developed a mechanical genius which delighted his father and distracted his mother for he tried to imitate every machine he saw and kept the nursery in a chaotic condition with his sewing-sheen a mysterious structure of string chairs clothespins and spools for wheels to go wound and wound also a basket hung over the back of a chair in which he vainly tried to hoist his too confiding sister who with feminine devotion allowed her little head to be bumped till rescued when the young inventor indignantly remarked why marmar dat's my lelly waiter and me's trying to pull her up though utterly unlike in character the twins got on remarkably well together and seldom quarrelled more than thrice a day of course dimmy tyrannized over daisy and gallantly defended her from every other aggressor while daisy made a galley slave of herself and adored her brother as the one perfect being in the world a rosy chubby sunshiny little soul was daisy who found her way to everybody's heart and nestled there one of the captivating children who seemed made to be kissed and cuddled adorned and adored like little goddesses and produced for general approval on all festive occasions her small virtues were so sweet that she would have been quite angelic if a few small naughtinesses had not kept her delightfully human it was all fair weather in her world and every morning she scrambled up to the window in her little nightgown to look out and say no matter whether it rained or shone oh pity day oh pity day every one was a friend and she offered kisses to a stranger so confidingly that the most inveterate bachelor relented and baby lovers became faithful worshippers me loves everybody she once said opening her arms with her spoon in one hand and her mug in the other as if eager to embrace and nourish the whole world as she grew her mother began to feel that dovecote would be blessed by the presence of an inmate as serene and loving as that which had helped to make the old house home 
and to pray that she might be spared a loss like that which had lately taught them how long they had entertained an angel unawares her grandfather often called her beth and her grandmother watched over her with untiring devotion as if trying to atone for some past mistake which no eye but her own could see dimmy like a true yankee was of an inquiring turn wanting to know everything and often getting much disturbed because he could not get satisfactory answers to his perpetual what for he also possessed a philosophic bent to the great delight of his grandfather who used to hold socratic conversations with him in which the precocious pupil occasionally posed his teacher to the undisguised satisfaction of the women-folk what makes my legs go grandpa asked the young philosopher surveying those active portions of his frame with a meditative air while resting after a go-to-bed frolic one night it's your little mind demmy replied the sage stroking the yellow head respectfully what is a little mind it is something which makes your body move as the spring made the wheels go in my watch when i showed it to you open me i want to see it go wound i can't do that any more than you could open the watch god winds you up and you go till he stops you does i and dimmy's brown eyes grew big and bright as he took in the new thought his eye wound it up like the watch yes but i can't show you how for it is done when we don't see dimmy felt his back as if expecting to find it like that of the watch and then gravely remarked i des dod does it when i's asleep a careful explanation followed to which he listened so attentively that his anxious grandmother said my dear do you think it wise to talk about such things to that baby he's getting great bumps over his eyes and learning to ask the most unanswerable questions if he is old enough to ask the questions he is old enough to receive true answers i am not putting the thoughts into his head but helping him unfold those already there these children are wiser than we are and i have no doubt the boy understands every word i have said to him now demmy tell me where you keep your mind if the boy had replied like alcibiades by the gods socrates i cannot tell his grandfather would not have been surprised but when after standing a moment on one leg like a meditative young stork he answered in a tone of calm conviction in my little belly the old gentleman could only join in grandma's laugh and dismiss the class in metaphysics there might have been cause for maternal anxiety if demmy had not given convincing proofs that he was a true boy as well as a budding philosopher for often after a discussion which caused hannah to prophesy with ominous nods that child ain't long for this world he would turn about and set her fears at rest for some of the pranks with which dear dirty naughty little rascals distract and delight their parents souls meg made many moral rules and tried to keep them but what mother was ever proof against the winning wiles the ingenious evasions or the tranquil audacity of the miniature men and women who so early show themselves accomplished artful dodgers no more raisins demmy they'll make you sick says mamma to the young person who offers his services in the kitchen with unfailing regularity on plum pudding day me likes to be sick i don't want to have you so run away and help daisy with patty cakes 
he reluctantly departs but his wrongs weigh upon his spirit and by and by when an opportunity comes to redress them he outwits mamma by a shrewd bargain now you have been good children and i'll play anything you like says mag as she leads her assistant cook upstairs when the pudding is safely bouncing in the pot truly marmar asked emmy with a brilliant idea in his well-powered head yes truly anything you say replies the short-sighted parent preparing herself to sing the three little kittens half a dozen times over or to take her family to buy a penny bun regardless of wind or limb but demi corners her by the cool reply then we'll go and eat up all the raisins aunt dodo was chief playmate and confidant of both children and the trio turned the little house topsy-turvy aunt amy was as yet only a name to them aunt beth soon faded into a pleasantly vague memory but aunt dodo was a living reality and they made the most of her for which compliment she was deeply grateful but when mr bear came joe neglected her playfellows and dismay and desolation fell upon their little souls daisy who was fond of going about peddling kisses lost her best customer and became bankrupt demi with infantile penetration soon discovered that dodo liked to play with the bear man better than she did him but though hurt he concealed his anguish for he hadn't the heart to insult a rival who kept a mine of chocolate drops in his waistcoat pocket and a watch that could be taken out of its case and freely shaken by ardent admirers some persons might have considered these pleasing liberties as bribes but demi didn't see it in that light and continued to patronize the the bear man with pensive affability while daisy bestowed her small affections upon him at the third call and considered his shoulder her throne his arm her refuge his gifts treasures surpassing worth gentlemen are sometimes seized with sudden fits of admiration for the young relatives of ladies whom they honor with their regard but this counterfeit philoprogenitiveness sits uneasily upon them and does not deceive anybody a particle mr bear's devotion was sincere however likewise effective for honesty is the best policy in love as in law he was one of the men who are at home with children and looked particularly well when little faces made a pleasant contrast with his manly one his business whatever it was detained him from day to day but evenings seldom failed to bring him out to sea well he always asked for mr march so i suppose he was the attraction the excellent papa labored under the delusion that he was and reveled in long discussions with the kindred spirit till a chance remark of his more observing grandson suddenly enlightened him mr bear came in one evening to pause on the threshold of the study astonished by the spectacle that met his eye prone upon the floor lay mr march with his respectable legs in the air and beside him likewise prone was demi trying to imitate the attitude with his own short scarlet stockinged legs both grubblers so seriously absorbed that they were unconscious of spectators till mr bear laughed his sonorous laugh and joe cried out with a scandalized face father father here's the professor down went the black legs and up came the gray head as the preceptor said with undisturbed dignity good evening mr bear excuse me for a moment we are just finishing our lesson now demi make the letter and tell its name 
i knows him and after a few convulsive efforts the red legs took the shape of a pair of compasses and the intelligent pupil triumphantly shouted it's a we drampa it's a we he's a born weller laughed joe as her parent gathered himself up and her nephew tried to stand on his head as the only mode of expressing his satisfaction that school was over what have you been at to-day bubchin asked mr bear picking up the gem nest me went to see little mary and what did you there i kissed her began demi with artless frankness fruit thou beginnest early what did the little mary say to that asked mr bear continuing to confess the young sinner who stood upon the knee exploring the waistcoat pocket oh she liked it and she kissed me and i liked it don't little boys like little girls asked demi with his mouth full and an air of bland satisfaction you precocious chick who put that into your head said joe enjoying the innocent revelation as much as the professor tisn't in mine head it's in mine mouth answered literal demi putting out his tongue with a chocolate drop on it thinking she alluded to confectionery not ideas thou shouldst save some for the little friend sweets to the sweet manling and mr bear offered joe some with a look that made her wonder if chocolate was not the nectar drunk by the gods demi also saw the smile was impressed by it and artlessly inquired do great boys like great girls too fesser like young washington mr bear couldn't tell a lie so he gave the somewhat vague reply that he believed they did sometimes in a tone that made mr march put down his clothes-brush glance at joe's retiring face and then sink into his chair looking as if the precocious chick had put an idea into his head that was both sweet and sour why dodo when she caught him in the china closet half an hour afterward nearly squeezed the breath out of his little body with a tender embrace instead of shaking him for being there and why she followed up this novel performance by the unexpected gift of a big slice of bread and jelly remained one of the problems over which demi puzzled his small wits and was forced to leave unsolved for ever chapter forty five